Thank you for choosing the podcast of East Haven Baptist Church in Brookhaven, Mississippi. For more information on the ministries of East Haven and to access videos and sermon notes from our services, visit www.easthaven.net. Thank you, Brother Robert. Doesn't he do a great job? Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you, praise team. And uh, I thank the Lord for your praise team and your musicians and your choir. And uh, my wife really wanted to come with me. And uh, she's getting ready to take off for San Diego to visit, to care for our newest grandchild. And uh, she needed to be closer to home. This is kind of a lengthy round trip from Columbia up here. Uh, Not a bad one, just a little lengthy. And uh, she said, I love to go and worship at East Haven. And uh, y'all do good. And I thank the Lord for you. I'm grateful to be with you again. Um, Robert, those, I mean, they all were. But those last couple of songs were just chocked full of doctrine. And uh, as we were singing those songs, and I'm looking at the, the truth that is declared in those songs, what's going through my mind is, do we really believe what we're singing? Do we really believe what we read? And is, are these just simply words to a melody, to a tune that's kind of rolling across our tongue and we're really not giving thought to the depth of the declaration that God is holy, that God is creator, that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I know that those are words that if we've been in church, that we've heard a thousand, thousand times. And my fear is that on some level, what we do is that that has just become kind of wrote declarations, just, it's just part of what we do instead of who we are. And I've thought since the day that Brother Robert called me here a couple of weeks back, two or three, I don't remember how long it's been, and asked me to come, I've been praying and thinking about what God would have me to share with you. And then this morning, because I just didn't have a peace, I I felt the Lord wanted me to go in another direction. And I'm going to do that. And I want you to bear with me. I want to ask you a question. Is there anything in the Word of God that you don't necessarily agree with? 
I want you to think about that. Maybe when it comes to marriage, there are some things about what God says about marriage relationships that make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. Or possibly what the Lord says about fidelity. You're not sure that you really believe that what he says is true or authoritative. What he says about forgiveness, what he says about unforgiveness, what he says about the fact that he created man and woman, what he says about the expression of passions within human relations. I could go on and on. What he says about giving, when we sing some of the songs that we've seen that have the doctrinal truth the phrases in them that are, that are expressions of absolute trust, of absolute surrender to who and all that God is and all that he called us to be. When, do, is that really the heartbeat of our life? Or is Scripture Relative. Is it authoritative or is it selective for you and me? What I'm describing is a phrase that makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable because they are just not two words that go together. But it communicates the description that I'm trying to give you of the state of mind in many Christians and in the world today. And that is, are you listening to me? Cultural and Christianity. There are some who try to bring those together, and they call it cultural Christianity. Others would call it progressive, that we take some freedoms with the gospel, that we take some freedoms with the scriptures. And what we do, and all that I've been describing you to you is is a mindset that says that the Word of God is not the authority, but rather I am the authority when it comes to the Word of God. And so, if I don't agree with it, 
then I am the authority, not the Word of God. Am I making sense to you? And so the influence there is that the culture in which we live, the mindset of the world today, humanism, becomes the authority. That's why I get on my pastors. I'm a, I'm a what do they call me now, association mission strategist. I've got 57 churches, and I work with the pastors all day, every day. And I kind of get on them because I will hear them say something like, I believe in their preaching. I believe, I believe, I believe. And I'm trying to break them of that. Because if I say, I believe, and you don't agree with what I believe, and you believe something different, what makes me right and you wrong? And so I've tried to influence them to say that the Bible says. Because I, for one, believe that the Bible is authoritative. As my old preacher told me years ago or told our congregation years ago, God said it, I believe it, live it. And so here we live in a world where, where Christianity is being watered down. And the scary part of that is that the watering down of the Christian faith is taking place from inside out because there is, there is this worldly influence that causes us to minimize the authority of the Word of God. And we live the, quote, Christian life to our liking, not in obedience to God's Word. I want to take a few moments to kind of give you an idea of what it means to be a cultural Christian. Because when I asked that question at the outset, is there anything in the Word of God that you take issue with? I've even heard people say, I know the Bible doesn't teach this or the Bible teaches this, but this is what I believe. That, my friend, is a cultural Christian. When I think of a text that most defines that, I go back to Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20. Because that probably is the epitome of what it means to be a cultural Christian. It says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter, Woe to those who are wise in his own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Let's pray. Holy God, I would that we would stand in absolute 
awe of who you are. That we would be willing to assess our hearts and lives because your word says, be holy for you are holy. And not to define that holiness in accordance to our own wisdom and the wisdom of man, but according to your word. And I simply pray, Father, that you would give us ears that hear and eyes that see, that we would avail our heart to you in such a way God, if there's something that you need to do in me, that you would do it. And that we as believers, we as seekers, we who know that we're lost and need to be saved, would respond to your amazing grace and be healed. I pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I want to give you some insight. This is real kind of practical, kind of a teaching, kind of an understanding. But I think that we need to understand the world in which we live. And so what are symptoms? Let me, let me just begin by saying that. What are symptoms of a cultural Christian? Not a Bible-believing, Bible-centered Christian, but a, quote, Christian who is influenced from the outside in and being influenced by the world in which they live. The first observation I would make is that they have a twisted view of Scripture. To a cultural Christian, truth is relative, meaning that uh, the Word of God is not authoritative. You've, if you've ever heard me preach before, uh, and, and I kind of have a tendency, uh, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And either that is an absolute truth, or it is an absolute falsity. Because if one part of it is not true, then how can any of it be true? And so for a cultural Christian, though, they have this twisted view of Scripture. And while they may read the Bible, it is a more of a reference book for good living or a collection of fables or moral guidelines. And for someone who is a cultural Christian with a twisted view of Scripture, they only refer to it when it's advantageous to them. God would never send anyone to hell, cultural Christians would say, because God is love. Well, 
it's true that God doesn't send anyone to hell. Lost sinners who refuse the gospel of Jesus Christ send themselves to hell. Hell is a reality. And so for the cultural Christian, they have a twisted view of Scripture. They can pick and choose what fits their personal truth. They can take parts of the Bible that they think are relevant to what they think, and they reject the parts of Scripture that they do not feel is relevant to their thing. And so one aspect or symptom of a cultural Christian is that they have a twisted view of Scripture. But not only that, they have a damaged view of God. If you think about it, it makes perfect sense. If, if Scripture is relative and you, you can pick and choose as you like, and it's not authoritative, and if you read something that makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable, you can take that with a grain of salt, or you can choose not to believe it or choose to believe it, then the natural byproduct of that is that you would have a twisted view of God. A twisted view of Scripture is a, a, a damaged view of God. If your scripture is in error or your view of scripture, then it makes sense that your view of God would be as well. Even Jesus comes into question. He is either the incarnate son of God and he is Lord or he's not. As I remember somebody saying a hundred years ago, He's either a liar and a lunatic, or he's Lord. And so, our view of Scripture that teaches the incarnation of Christ, that teaches the sinless life of Christ, the sinless sacrifice, the, uh, in the, the victory over sin and death, the twisted view of Scripture will leave a damaged view of God. Have you ever thought about world religions? What they say about Jesus? Let me give you a glimpse of that. Mormons say that Jesus is the firstborn son of the heavenly father and mother. They say that he is a created being. Are you listening to me? They say that he is the brother of Satan and of all people. Remember over in 1 John chapter 4, anybody who says that Jesus did not come in the flesh, that he is not the incarnate son of God, he is not of God. And anyone who says that he is the incarnate son of God, that he did come in the flesh, is of God. And so anybody who denies that Jesus is the incarnate son of God is not of God. The Jehovah's Witness, 
They say that Jesus is a created being. In fact, they go so far as to say that he is Michael, the archangel, who became a man. And so neither of those take a stance that, remember John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then it goes on to say that everything that was created was created by him. And so, to say that he is a creation and not the creator is to deny who Christ is. Christian science say that Jesus is a man in tune with divine consciousness. He is not the Christ. The Unification Church, young people don't hear much about them anymore. Remember the Moonies? I've been outside their headquarters in Montevideo, Uruguay. Nothing impressive about it because it's godless. They say that Jesus is a perfect man in tune with God and attained deity. Islam, Jesus is a prophet, but he's not God. Judaism, Jesus was a prophet who did and said good things, but he's not the Messiah. New Age, Jesus is one of many people who became fully aware of his own divinity. Do you understand that when you step outside of the word of God, that is absolute authority, do you believe that? that is absolute authority, and you begin to pull out of it or put into it, and many of those religions, and they are religions, will quote Scripture when it's advantageous to them. And there are many people who claim to be Christian who do the same thing. And so for a cultural Christian... They have a twisted view of Scripture, and as a result of that, they have a damaged view of God. And the natural progression would be that because of a twisted view of Scripture and a damaged view of God, that they have a distorted view of sin. Cultural Christians view personal sin as a normal part of life. They tolerate it. They ignore it. They even joke about it. After all, they justify, God knows I'm not perfect. And so sin is what I say it is, not what God says it is. And if God does say it and I do it, then he just knows that I'm so, and so there's, there's no sense of urgency for the holiness of God in lives. Cultural Christians are heavily influenced by what other people think. I was thinking about this the other day. You know, you, you really are, in fact, in, in James chapter 1 and verse 19, it says, be quick to listen. And the implication in that text is really strong. 
Be quick to listen to the Word of God. Be quick to listen to the truth of God. Be quick to measure your life in light of Scripture and not that, that, that the outside world affords you. For a cultural Christian, what influences them is the world around them. And these are the same people who, who uh, are offended with the truth of God. And so they have a, divorce, a, a distorted view of sin. They believe that sin is, is even relative. Which leads to a pervert, perverted view of grace. Because there is no grief over personal sin, cultural Christians misuse God's grace to indulge in ungodly behavior. Grace becomes freedom to do whatever they want to do without remorse. Therefore, others are to do the same. If you take a stand on sexuality in the presence of many cultural Christians, they become indignant and call you insensitive and intolerant. But it's okay for them to be indignant and intolerant of someone who takes a stand on Scripture. Does that make sense? And so the cultural Christian is one who has a perverted view of grace. In fact, I love what it says in Jude verse 4. He says, they are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. In fact, when I think about cultural Christianity I think about that movie, The Shooter, with Mark Wahlberg. By the way, there's two versions of that. I recommend the clean version. But I, re I remember near the end of that movie that there's this corrupt senator who's pontificating, and in arrogance and boldness, he says, the truth is what I say it is. And that's a cultural Christian. Because the truth is what God says that it is. You and I, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ really need to assess our faith walk. We need to ask ourselves, in fact, I, after Thanksgiving, we had 26 people at our house. I thank the Lord, my wife and I survived that ordeal. I, I thank the Lord I survived the ordeal. Because she gave me a list of honeydews like this. Whew. But afterwards, I was thinking when everybody was gone and just thinking about 
God's declaration in 1 Peter 1.16. Be holy, for I am holy. And seeing the absence of holiness in people that I love, people that I cherish, people who to a person would say that they're a believer. And I just said, you know, we need to assess who we are in Christ. Is everything that I say, is my attitude, are my actions, the way I treat my wife, the way I treat my husband, the way I treat my mom and dad, the way I go about my day in my workplace or in school? Is, is, every, is everything in my life reflective of Jesus Christ crucified in my life? In fact, I like what one guy I heard speak recently. He said, if you won't be doing it in heaven, stop it now. And I think that's the whole mindset of this. I don't know if you cannot believe that Scripture is the inspired, inerrant, infallible Word of God. I I don't know if you cannot believe that and be in Christ. That's why I don't like putting those two words together, cultural and Christianity, because there's no such thing. As one writer said, that's a myth. Because you're either Christ-centered or you're not. So what is biblical Christianity? First, they believe that the Bible is the inspired inerrant infallible word of god it is the absolute it is the absolute it is the absolute and unchanging truth a biblical christian believes that the God of the Bible is the all-powerful and all-knowing creator. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 4, there is no other God. All of those religions, all of the religions of the world, they are a figment of man's imagination. Somebody didn't like what they heard about the gospel, what they hear about the truth of the word of God. So they go off and they fashion something that's more user-friendly to them. And they deny the truth. A biblical Christian is grievous over sin. 
A biblical Christian is heartbroken when they know that sin and rebellion is in their life and they are driven to confession and repentance and taking up the cross and following the Lord Jesus Christ. A genuine Christian lives their faith publicly, share their faith with passion, Stand for Christ in times of suffering and difficulties. A genuine Christian does not fall away from the faith. And so I ask that question again. Is there anything in the Word of God that you take umbrage with? I know that God says that, but I don't believe it. Can I tell you something? In my wise and correct opinion, how's that for a little? Oh, that was sin. (laughs) But I'm telling you, if that's true for one thing in here, you're a cultural Christian. And you either need to get on your face before holy God and confess and repent of that sin because this is either the truth or its entirety is a lie. Or maybe you just need to get saved. So what about you today? Who establishes, who's the authority in your life? Holy God and his word or self, your friends? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you love us. I thank you, God, for your holy word. And God, I know that there's been times in even my life where I questioned your authority. And I thank you, God, that you're a God of forgiveness and a God of restoration because you want us to know the joy of salvation that only comes through embracing you fully. And I pray, God, for any person in this room who in a very real sense has been straddling the fence when it comes to truth. There are some things, God, about the gospel, about the call to holiness, 
that they verbally say that they wholly embrace. And there are some things about the teaching of what it means to be in Christ that they reject. And they're making a declaration about the truth of your word. I pray God that we would be honest before you. And God, if there's anything in our lives that we know that it's contrary to who you would have us to be, you know our things, our mindsets, our attitudes, our actions that are absolutely contrary to your truth. You know those are things that we won't be doing in heaven. And today we would confess and repent and believe you and stop it right here and now. I pray for that man, that woman, that young person who's seeking you. The very fact that they have an awareness of God is because you've revealed yourself into their heart and life. And you're saying to them, come unto me and I will give you rest. I pray for the miracle of salvation. I pray for the miracle of consecration. I pray that we would avail ourselves to you. That you would do a finished work in us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.